Hello, everybody. Welcome to the New Life Bible Study Podcast. My name is Rob Harston, and today we are on episode number 12, and we are going to take a break from our Living Out Mature Faith series in the book of James, and we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're actually going to be in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 11 uh, to 16, and today's episode will be entitled Fan or Follower. Uh, So if you guys want to grab your Bibles and get there... um, and uh, I'll just tell you, uh, as a as a kid, uh, I was a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan, and I still am. Uh, and and I had my Lakers hat, I had the jacket, and I had my Lakers jersey. Everything was Lakers. Uh, I could tell you the stats of all the players. And Magic Johnson was and still is uh, my favorite all time uh, player. And so. Um, I, I would, I was a super fan. I mean, I was like, I lived and died by the wins and losses. I would check the, the sports scores every day to see if they'd win or lose. I would watch them every time they were on TV and I just loved the purple and gold. So I was a, again, I was a super fan. And if we look today, we can see that there is a lot of that fandom about Jesus Christ as well. The guy with the beard who was, who was hung on the cross. Fans of his will say and recognize him as a a nice guy, a good teacher, a, a man who set an example for us to live by. Fans have no real no biblical depth to their lives, no real relationship with Jesus Christ himself. They live their lives the way they want to and, and see no real need to attend church or to read the, the Bible every day, which in turn means they don't pray. This sounds harsh, I know, but let's, let's be honest here. There are fans out there today, and they think everything is okay between them and God. Now, before you say, well, you can't judge people's relationships with God, I'll, I'll give you that answer. You're right. I cannot. But those are fans. Fans are just looking at, at Jesus for, oh, yeah, he, 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 he performed miracles, and oh, yeah, he was hung on the cross, and, and they know about him. But let's see what the true follower is. The follower of Jesus Christ has committed his whole life to, to following him. Once a, once a lost sheep, the follower has accepted the free gift of eternal life that God gives. He has changed, his old life gone, and his new life begins, and he lives for God. The follower wants to be in church when the doors open, and wakes up to spend time in God's word, soaks in what the scriptures say, and prays to God every day that the Lord gives him or her strength to live their lives. I don't know about you guys, but that's the way I do it. I want to wake up, I want to read the Bible, I want to really immerse myself in the scriptures, and even whatever scripture I'm reading, I want to make that in my memory. I want to try to memorize that verse and and really live out the scriptures, not just know the scriptures, but live the scriptures out. And in our story today in Acts uh, chapter 19, verses 11 through 16, we see some fans of Jesus. They were Sceva and his seven sons, and they thought by just knowing Jesus was enough, but as we'll see, they failed. And this story uh, takes place in Ephesus. And, and at that time, it was, it was a dark place. It was an evil place. It was the, the center of the occult. Uh, Ephesus uh, had exorcists and other magicians, and they, and they had built this enormous style of false spiritualism. And they had people. They had people buffaloed. Uh, they the, the they were the the people that were there that were living in that town. They were they were just living with all these these books and 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 all the stuff about sorcery and magic. And so it was just a very dark dark place. 
And British evangelist and pastor G. Campbell Morgan described Ephesus like this. He says, and I quote, The atmosphere of the city was electric with sorcery and incantations, with exorcists, and with all kinds of magical imposters. So not a very inviting place, not a place you'd want to take your family on vacation. It was a place that definitely needed Jesus and not fans. So let's take a look at uh, Acts chapter 19, verses 11 uh, through 16. I'm reading through the, uh, from the uh, New Living Translation. It says this, that uh, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles when handkerchiefs or aprons that made merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Verse 13 says, a group of Jews traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of Jesus Christ in their incantation saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man, the evil spirit, leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Wow. Didn't turn out the way they thought that was going to turn out. And again, as we'll see today... These, uh, these were fans. These, these guys were fans of Jesus, not really knowing who Jesus was. So um, in verse 11, again, it says that Paul uh, was given these powers to perform unusual miracles, that God gave him this power. And, and I, I think he had to have this stuff. He had to be able to do this stuff because Ephesus was a dark place. And so uh, when handkerchiefs or, or, or aprons would, would just touch people, they would, they, would be, uh, they would be healed of their sicknesses and, and, and evil spirits would come out. Kind of reminds you of the, the woman that touched Jesus' uh, robe or even Peter's shadow. Uh, people thought that you could be, they could use uh, that to be uh, saved by. So the follower we see, we know Paul's story uh, of, of, of his conversion in Acts 9. But God needed a somebody who he could use mightily, a person committed to God and to bring him glory, and it was Paul. Paul used him in Ephesus. And Paul spent three years in Ephesus. There was three months in the synagogue, two years teaching in in rented rooms uh, at the school of Tyrannus, and about nine months in various places. All of Asia had heard the word of God, and Paul taught others to pass the word on to others. You see, God attested to Paul's ministry with unusual miracles and an indication that such activities are not normal for ministry today. We don't see those things today. Just by the touch of Paul's handkerchief or apron would heal or expel demons. Something to note here, though, is, is it wasn't Paul who did these extraordinary deeds. It says that God did them through Paul's hands. Again, God uh, used Paul because Paul trusted in God. He put his faith in God. And again, because Paul was a believer and, 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 and had given his life to the Lord, he was a follower of God and went to do the Lord's work. Paul trusted in God for everything, and he was a true follower. And the story continues in uh, verse 13, where it says a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus uh, Christ in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. 
And it was the seven sons of Sceva that says that we're doing this. And verse 15 says, but one time they tried it and an evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then uh, verse 16 says, then the man uh, with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and he had them running out of the house naked. Now, these were the fans. We, we read of Paul. Paul was the, the true follower, and the Lord used Paul. But these were the fans. These were the guys that were, that were on the sidelines going, hey, you know, this is, this is great. And, and, and verse uh, 13 says, they went from town to town casting out evil spirits, probably finding many frightened people who were willing to part with their money, and I'm sure their confidence was high. I'm sure they were looking for the most scared people they can find, and, and, and they were casting out these demons, and their confidence was, 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 was real high. And it, wasn't, it was not unusual practice for Jewish priests to seek to cast out demons, but it was unusual to use the name of Jesus Christ. Since these men had no personal relationship with the Savior, they had to invoke Paul's name just for good measure. So they're saying, hey, we we command you to come out in the name of Jesus, the one Paul preaches, because they had to use Paul's names just in case. And the fan always tries to, to imitate what he's a fan of. Just as Satan imitates God's people because the unsaved world cannot tell the difference, and I'm sure these seven sons of Sceva heard of Paul and what he was doing and figured they can do this as well when they said, I command you to come out in the name uh, of Jesus, the one Paul preaches. But unlike Paul, they did not know the person they named nor have his power delegated to them. Then they came to Ephesus. (laughs) They were going from town to town, and and the Bible tells us they were going here and there and everywhere and doing this. But then they came to Ephesus, and we already know that this is not where evil played games. This is this is they it did not play games here. This was a very uh, very evil place. And trouble came in verse fifteen when it says, "But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you?'" Uh-oh. I mean, can you imagine the look on, on their faces? Because it, it, was, it was probably one of those, those, uh, those moments of like you're, you're gasping for air. Like, what did I just do? Because when it came to doing this, these men didn't, didn't know some things. And there were some things they didn't know. And one was how powerful demons can be. They are not to be messed with. This demon knew very well who Jesus was and was aware that Paul had received supernatural power over the demonic realm from Jesus. And by demanding of the exorcists, who are you, the demon challenged their authority over him. These seven sons, of course, had neither the right to use the name of Jesus nor the power to command demons. So with that, the demon attacked them viciously. Verse 16 says that he was, they leaped on him and he was attacked and overpowered and they, they fled the house naked and battered. Knowing there was no power from these men, the demon attacked them, beating them naked. Now, I've heard of being beaten senseless, but naked? Well, that's a first for me, and, 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 but that, that's what happened. He, he overpowered them, and he beat them and battered them to the point where they were naked. And I think this is, was Ephesus's version of naked and afraid. The question is, today, as we read this, this version of fan or follower, we, again, we see Paul was a, a committed follower of Christ, and, 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 and he was given power. But, and we see the fans of Jesus, and they had no power. 
Are you like these seven sons who heard of Jesus, knew of his power to heal and expel demons and give that power to someone like Paul who could do the same? And at the, at the same time, failed, they failed to receive the free gift of eternal life that only Jesus can give. They imitated what Jesus could do but failed miserably, miserably because they were not true followers of Jesus. They were just fans. As a, as a good, uh, as a good as a imitator as Satan is, maybe he allowed them in the past to appear that they were being successful at what they were doing. He, he took these seven sons and he probably had them believing that what they were doing was working and it was successful. But instead of, of, uh, of not being fans, you know, they were fans, instead of doing that, the simple solution for them should have been to give their lives to Christ and become true followers and let the Lord work in them so he could work through them. But unfortunately, they thought that by merely being fans was enough. They thought that was going to be enough. Friends, that is not enough. If we want to be followers of Jesus Christ today, we have to come to him humbly and ask for forgiveness. Ask uh, to come in our ask him to come into our lives and change our lives. He is willing, he is willingly calling us to come to him and forgive. We just have to be willing to come and be and be forgiven. Knowing who Jesus is is one thing. Knowing what Jesus can do is another. And you can only know what Jesus can do by surrendering your life to him today. We can imitate Christ today, not by being fans, but being followers. If you're a fan today, would you like to be a follower? If you've been sitting on the sidelines rooting Jesus on, would you like to be that full follower of Jesus Christ and be used by him today? Listen, in these days we are living uh, today, that I'm talking about in these in these these moments that we're living the fear the anxiety the depression it is taking its toll on people this world now more than ever needs to turn to Jesus and he is willing to forgive question is are you willing to come and if you're ready to do that we can do that today let's say you've never followed Jesus but now want to have that relation with relationship with him and be and, and be a follower of Jesus. You can do that. Or maybe again you've been a fan. You think that knowing who Jesus is is enough or going to church as a sign of you being a Christian is enough. Listen, you can wear as many crosses around your neck and not have a relationship with Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can save you from eternal death, not sitting in church, not holding a Bible, not wearing a cross, that none of that stuff saves you. None of that stuff does. Only coming to Jesus and asking for forgiveness and asking him to come into your life to change your life can save you. Do you want to do that today? Again, whether you've been a fan sitting on the sidelines or you've never been a fan or a follower, you want to come. I urge you to pray this prayer. Pray, pray this prayer and mean it from your heart and, and, and confess it with your lips. And he will hear you. God will hear you and he will forgive you. So if you are willing to do that, I want you to pray this prayer now. Say this, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins and I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I confess that you are Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, 
and direct my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Again, if you if you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, let me let me let me be the first person to welcome you to the family of God and let you know that this is the best decision you will ever make. You can do you can make decisions for for the rest of your life and this will be the best decision you ever make. But I want you to do four things now. I want you to listen. Get a copy of the Bible and start to read the Bible. Read the book of John. Read the book of First John, both of them, either or. Read those. And if you need a Bible, I'll let you know how to get one at the end. And number two, pray. And if you don't know what praying is, praying is like having a conversation with your friend or having a conversation with uh, your parents, whatever it is. It's just having a conversation with someone. And now that you have given your life to the Lord, you have direct access to Jesus Christ. And you can pray to him today. Number three is get to a Bible-believing church. I know right now we are in the midst of this stay-home order, but be looking around for a Bible-based church. And again, if you don't know what church to go to, I will let you know how to do that at the end too, and I will help you find a church. And number four, tell someone what Jesus did for you. Be excited because you are saved. You are now going home. You're going to be in heaven If you meant that prayer, you're going to be in heaven for eternity. And so that is something to be really excited about. So I hope this I hope this uh, this blessed you. I hope that we you listened to this and it was something that really spoke to your heart. And I just want to let you know that uh, I am excited for you if you have made that decision. And what I want you to do is um, do this. If you have any prayer requests, and this is for everybody that's listening, if you have a prayer request, please please visit our website at newlifebiblestudy.com and you can leave us a prayer request or in the box that says how did this podcast help you you can go ahead and do that or you can you can send your address and I can send you a bible so you can have a bible also if you are looking for a church let me know and I will research churches for you to let you know where to go so I want to thank you guys for listening I also want to thank our sponsor First Full Service Realty you can check out them on our website and also um, the book of the month is on there and that is transformed by my friend Remy Adeleke he is a former Navy SEAL and this book is awesome I I really urge you guys to check this out Um, I want to thank you guys again I want you to have a blessed weekend and may God bless uh, the rest of your day Uh, and uh, we will be back next week I I have a little surprise so I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do but you'll be blessed by next week as well